0: If you are working in an agency or you know your agency model is that you work with a lot of clients, it means that you end up you know, templating stuff, which is fine up to a point, but at some point you have to realize that your clients do actually have slightly different needs. And so even just asking that question and then taking it into consideration in the tracking that you do can really make a big difference.
1: Hello and welcome. My name is Brent Weaver and this is the Digital Agency Show podcast that goes behind the scenes with today's top agencies and entrepreneurs. I am really glad you're here. And once again, it's time to transform your business mindset. Hey, what's up, agency owners, podcast listeners. Welcome to another episode of the Digital Agency Show. Today, we're hanging out with Dana DiTomaso. Dana is president and partner at KickPoint uh, and founder and lead instructor at KP Playbook, where she helps people and teams do better marketing. Alongside the team at KickPoint, Dana teaches people and teams how to set up goals and track results. So, they can understand what strategies and tactics bring real value. Uh, she is an avid speaker at conferences about reporting, analytics, SEO, brand building, weekly technology columnist on CBC Edmonton AM. And she teaches analytics at the University of Alberta. And she is a uh, recovering You Summit speaker here at YouGurz. <laughs> she uh, graced her presence to our folks back in 2018. 20- 18 on reporting better results. Uh, So she's here today to help us um, on that similar vein and what has changed and evolved in how we talk about results with our clients and how we track all that stuff. So Dana, welcome back to the program.
0: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it.
1: So um, I I love this conversation about results because I've known so many agencies that get fired or their clients ask for a pause because they don't think they're getting value from the agency. And then on the other end of that conversation is this mystified agency owner who's looking at the data, looking at the dashboards and going, what the heck? Like, we're crushing Mm -hmm. it for this client. And, you know, they can't seem to change the mind once that decision's been made. So, yeah, help us kind of understand, like, at a fundamental level, like, why does that happen? Is it because... They're really not getting the results. It's because the client doesn't understand. It's because we're overwhelming our client. I realize this is like a big question. And <laughs> all the, of the
0: above. The study of yeah. your
1: life. Yeah. So so help us <laughs> understand this problem. Help me understand this.
0: Yeah. So it partly are they getting the results? I think in particular for those agencies that do SEO, you know, it takes a while. And for paid too, you know, you don't just turn on Google Ads and then magically money starts to come in the machine, right? So I think there is a bit of a we do stuff. There's a waiting period, then things happen when it comes to agency work. And I think that period there is where it can be really tricky because things are happening. You're doing stuff, but you're not necessarily actively making the client more money. And that could be a really difficult point with that client. Those first couple months are crucial. But usually the fact that you're working with someone new, you're both excited to work together, the kind of honeymoon phase can get you past that. But then when you start to get into it, if the results aren't what the client is expecting, or if you're not communicating them in a way that the client needs to be communicated with then that's where the relationship can go sour. And I find that a lot of agencies either will report on just like, they'll have a basic dashboard they use with everybody. It's really very nerdy. It uses a lot of tables. It doesn't necessarily communicate that client specific goals. to look at and be like, I don't know why I care my time on site. Does that mean I made more money or not? You know, or they don't set up things right. So they're like, I can see that you're spending money on Facebook ads, but I don't see any paid social showing up in my GA4 account. For example, so are you not actually doing the ads? And that's that little bit of like mistrust that comes into the relationship. And the client says, well, you know what? I can't, I can't believe you that you're actually doing this because you say you're doing this, but I don't see the results showing up in my GA four and I know enough about GA four that I should be seeing it there. So what's going on? And so those kinds of things really start to affect the relationship. And a lot of agencies will jump right into a monthly engagement, right? On a yearly basis. And then when those 12 months are up, the client's like, well, did I really see value? And if the agency can't communicate the value they're providing in a way that's going to make sense to the client, then that's the end of your engagement with them. And then you've got to get another client. And I think agencies, as I mentioned before, they're really bad at communicating, not just generally results, but also in a way that makes sense to the client, because especially those of us in digital marketing, we work with a lot of tables. And so we're comfortable with tables and we present things in tables. Most people don't like tables. We are weird. I think that agencies need to stop using tables, you know, a pie chart also not necessarily much better, although pie charts have their place. But I think in a lot of cases, like all clients want to see is a green line that's going up and to the right. That's all they care about. So it's like, if you can show some green numbers and you can have a chart that goes up and to the right, that's really all they need. They don't need 21 pages about how cool you are that you figured out this thing that with Facebook ads, they just want to know, I'm giving you money. Am I seeing value for that money? And I think that there's this fear that if we don't give the client this 80-page, you know, expansive novel about our work that they're going to fire us, the client does not care. You know, you're one tiny part of that client's day. They just want to know, am I making money from working with you? Yes, no, check one box.
1: So so like step one is get clients <laughs> results. Mm-hmm. Step two yeah, is and I mean, like... communicate those in a very simple... <laughs> well, and
0: sometimes too, with with results too, it's a matter of you might not even know the results you're getting for the client because maybe you're setting up the tracking badly. And so the other part of analytics too is also setting it up early. It's one of the first things we do with a client. We make sure that analytics is set up and turned on and all the things we need to do before we hit go on ads, before we start an SEO campaign. We know what that report is going to look like before any of those campaigns launch because we need to make sure that we're we're all in agreement on these are the things we're going to track before anything comes in the door. And I think that a lot of agencies sort of set up the basics and then they're like, ah, I'll make it better later. But the problem is that you can't get data in the past. You got to make sure it's set up right from the beginning or else you're going to miss stuff. And then you're kind of making up results. And again, making it up enters that distrust means your client is less likely to continue working with you.
1: Hey, what's up, agency owners? I want to let you know about a hosting platform that is giving digital agencies and creators around the world an edge when it comes to site speed, scalability, and profit. It's called Cloudways, and it's designed to create exceptional experiences for you and your clients that guarantees unmatched performance, reliability, and choice with 24-7 award-winning support. Cloudways is excited to offer our listeners a $50 hosting credit in addition to their amazing benefits of their agency partner program. For more details, head over to com slash Cloudways or use promo code D-A-S-C-W when signing up. Let's get back to our show. So... I mean, besides the uh, up and to the right. I mean, I assume part of (laughs) better tracking is also to help the agency actually see what's working, what's not working. Because if we can't see what's working or not working or getting a result or what's driving a result, um, I assume like the communication is kind of the lagging activity in that uh, in that series. So, um, (laughs) so setting up tracking early is something yep. that you're a proponent of. And then, you know, what else, I guess, internally have you seen is useful for agencies to... Uh, what, what kind of steps can they take mm-hmm. to uh, to help their own work better?
0: Yeah, definitely. You should have your own dashboard separate from the client dashboard. But typically, we make two dashboards. One's for the client. It's very results-focused. You know, are we getting to our goals? And then we'll have a second dashboard that we call the diagnostic. And that's more of a dashboard-type report. And that is where this is the, you know, is this working the way we expect it to type tables and charts and whatnot go. Uh, and that I think is lacking in a lot of agencies where, again, they're not, again, not customizing it for that specific client and what that client's goals are. But then also not having something internally they can refer to. They might be looking at the client reports, which isn't going to give you the level of information that you need. And then internally for yourselves as well, you also have goals. You know, what are the things that you need to know in order to tell you if this campaign is doing a good job? And I can guarantee that number, that answer is not clicks, you know, clicks might be part of it, but it certainly isn't the entire story. And I have a good example actually from a client recently. They were paying an agency for ads and weren't getting any results at all. Just like no leads, but lots of traffic. If they just looked at sessions. So what we did is we actually used a pie chart in this case and we made a pie chart. Uh, we used an outer donut and an inner pie to compare two things. And the outer donut was the event breakdown for all their sessions. So what percentage of events were scroll depth events? What percentage of events were things like clicks on call to action buttons, et cetera? And then the inner donut was what percentage of those events were occurring with clients or from, from um traffic that was coming from this specific paid channel. And the answer was they weren't even firing off a single scroll depth event, which means that they were bots. They were all bots. I think there was like one real person in a sea of 2000 bots. And that person was probably like an accidental click. And so it was really obvious that they were just getting totally fake traffic from this agency. So I mean, that sucks by the agency to do that. They were very upset when we showed them this, and they were like, "No, no, let us fix it." They didn't. They didn't fix it. But I think as well, like for yourself, working at an agency, if that's the kind of thing that you see, you really have to ask yourself. You know, and I'm speaking to people who work at agencies, not just owners at this point. Like, is this what you want to be doing with your time? <laughs> you want to be working with clients, you know? But also, even just looking yourself at this data you're sending or data you're collecting from the pages you're sending these people to, whether it's organic or paid or whatever it might be, you know, radio ads, for example, you know, are people engaging with that page? Even just having a simple, did someone click a button on this page? Could they even see the thing that would let them convert? Did the buy now button enter their viewport? Just recording those kinds of things can tell you a lot about whether or not you're actually going to convert these people. Because if you don't give them the opportunity to convert, they're not going to convert. And you probably don't know what percentage of people could conceivably convert because you're probably not tracking if those things are entering the viewport. And setting up something like that is done through Google Tag Manager. Um, we do it all the time for our clients. And it's something that um, you know, we're teaching now to agencies as well, because frankly, I got kind of tired of cleaning up other agencies' bad analytics. So now we're teaching it <laughs> to other
1: agencies. Which I mean, so the not just setting it up, but setting it up properly. Uh, I think you mm-hmm. said something earlier, right? If you're, if you're not tracking the data, it's it's really hard then to go in and assess. But I guess with like GA four and stuff, it's also it also seems like you have to be really specific ahead of time, like what you want to track. Like you can track a lot of things, but you do mm-hmm. need to have some intentionality about how you do that on the front end. Um, I know there's kind of like very varying depths of GA four implementation. That mm-hmm. um a business or an agency could choose to integrate. Mm-hmm. you know what are some of the most common things that you're finding are effective in terms of like on website analytics for you know different types of businesses?
0: Yeah, we have our default analytics plan that's for any client at all. Um, And one nice thing about GA4 is that it does actually come with more events built in than Universal Analytics did. So things like file downloads, 90% scroll depth, those are all captured by default. YouTube video views, as long as you have the JavaScript API turned on, you know, all of that's captured automatically, which in Universal Analytics, you would have had to set up separate stuff for that. So that's nice that that's taken care of for you. But beyond those basics, which is kind of like table stakes when it comes to analytics, you really do need to think about what else matters for this client. So we're in our standard container, which is we just track this for everybody no matter what. We track additional scroll depth. So we'll look at 25, 50, 75, 100, or maybe 10, 20, 30, 40, etc., depending upon you know how long the client's pages are. Because remember, too, with something like scroll depth, if it's a really short page, you could hit 25% depth just by loading it up because it's an extremely short page and you see it right away. We also track things, like I mentioned, uh, call-to-action buttons because we want to know if people are actually clicking on them. And if so... What text is most popular? What pages are most popular? Where are they going? We'll also track things like, um, on some of our client sites, we'll track things like image views. So if an image actually gets into the client's viewport, which gives us a much more detailed sense of how far down the page they're actually scrolling. We also track uh, content consumption, which is a Google Tag Manager recipe and WordPress plugin that we've come up with and is free on our website. We can include a link to this um, in the show notes. But what it does is it records, you, you tell it, you know, this is the container that holds the content. And when the page loads up, it measures how long it would take someone to read the number of words in that container, starts a timer. If that person spent long enough with that tab as the active tab, then we say that they dwelled long enough in the page to read that content. If they then view the entire amount of content, then they have scrolled to the bottom of the content. We fire another event saying that they scrolled. If both those things are true, then we say the content was consumed. And if not, they just hoarded the tab for later or they bailed or they skimmed or whatever it might be. But it is shocking the low level of content consumption on some pages where people are just like flying through it, or maybe they are really engaging with the content. But without this additional content consumption measurement, you don't know. You might know time on page, you might know dwell, but you don't know how those things fit together. And another thing we also record are tab hoarders because people have lots of tabs open all the time. And what we want to know is what percentage of your page views are coming from people who had your tab open already. So we had one client where one of their major goals was getting new people in the door. And so they were reporting on new users. But the problem with new users is that if people are using browsers like Safari, every day is a new user for a Safari or Firefox visitor because of um, what's called intelligent tracking prevention, which dumps the cookies after 24 hours or seven days. So it looks like they've had lots of new users, but we were pretty skeptical. So we put this tracking in. And we saw that 80% of the people who had that tab open, 80% of their page views were actually people who were reloading the tab, which meant that they already had it open. So only 20% of the people on the page were actually truly new and had opened that in a new tab or landed on that page. So that was kind of unfortunate. But I mean, again, it's just, we're just delivering the news. (laughs) (laughs) Like, okay, now we know the data. Let's see what we can do with it. Because otherwise you might say to them, you know, you had 8,000 new visitors on this page. I don't know what's going on. And I don't have a solution for you. Or instead, you can say, you know what? I realized that actually only 2,000 were new visitors. These 6,000, let's not pay any attention to them. Let's focus on the 2,000 that are new. What are the sources of these visitors? How can we get more of those people? And then that really helps you be focused and also helps the client stay focused on what matters because you're just sort of tossing up that noise. That Mm -hmm. doesn't matter at all. So those are the kinds of things that we record on any client site.
1: Yeah. First, I, I, I had not heard the tab hoarder Label and so mm-hmm. I I feel I feel kind of exposed uh, <laughs> as, as how many times do you have open right now? <laughs> I Come don't on. know in the, in the Chrome windows I can see at least at least a hundred. Um, oh. That doesn't count the Chrome the Chrome <laughs> poor computer the Chrome browsers I can't see uh on my current mm-hmm. view. Well, and, and so it's like it's like this like digging deep in into mm-hmm. the data. I mean, the tracking is one piece of it, and it's also knowing. Like how to just like ask good questions of the data yep. and of your team to to find those insights, which I assume is not, that's not something that everybody can do. I mean, you have to kind of be somebody that is used to looking no, but at this I think, stuff.
0: I think certainly like you can learn how to do this. And mm. I think part of it too is just asking the questions about what's specific to that client. Because I think as well, if you are working in an agency or, if, you know, your agency model is that you work with a lot of clients It means that you end up, you know, templating stuff, which is fine up to a point, but at some point you have to realize that your clients do actually have slightly different needs. But if you, let's say you work with clients who are just, you know, dentists, for example, right? They have really similar needs, but there might be something different. Every dentist has a different goal on what they want to do with their practice. And so even just asking that question and then taking it into consideration in the tracking that you do can really make a big difference for the relationship with that particular client, because then they're not just a number. They're not just, you know, the 10th client you've talked to that day. You actually know their story and they feel like they're really heard.
1: Mm. So, so uh, I mean, we I feel like this is a topic that obviously you've done courses and many speeches and we have, you know, limited time today. But Mm -hmm. assuming that an agency listens to this today and maybe takes a look at, what they're sending to their clients in their monthly or weekly or quarterly reports. Um, you know, mm-hmm. th- They're probably going to feel like, oh, I either have too much or too little, which mm-hmm. that should be looked at. But how, like, can you help me understand like maybe how an agency should be reporting results? Because I know there are some people that like, they're like, oh yeah, results, I'm all good on that. I got this tool. It sends an email to my client every month. It gives them all the data. So every week or every month, they get this automated report. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and and I'm just imagining myself like, yeah, your client probably doesn't look at that.
0: <laughs> or, they, or they skim <laughs> yeah, so it, right? One, so like, does the client look at the report? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, does the client. Start there. So <laughs> how, how do you recommend agencies report results, maybe in terms of frequency or delivery medium? I mean, what's kind of a, a couple of good practices? And I'm sure the answer here is it depends and it varies widely. But like, what are some principles that we can think about in terms of like, how we want to create this cadence with our clients and making sure that we're we're translating and also making sure that we're we're having that relationship component there.
0: Yeah, part of what we do before we work with clients is we don't we don't jump right into monthly, we do a discovery first. And in the discovery we look at everything just at a high level and figure out what it is we actually have to do and then we'll actually get into the implementation work itself. But part of the discovery is also asking the client a whole lot of questions. And in those questions, some of them are things like, what are the things that you get asked by your team? Or, you know, if your leadership, like, what are the questions that you're asking of the data? And then, you know, how much time do you have to devote to this is also a question that we ask, because that can be a really good sign of like, how often you're actually going to look at a report. Because if you have one hour a week, do I want to spend your one hour a week on looking at a report? Because if they tell you an hour a week, that means 15 minutes a week. So how much time do you actually realistically have to look at this report? And is an email, the best delivery vehicle for you. We'll also ask them things like, where do you look at reports? Do you look at them on your phone? Do you look at them on your laptop? Because that will also define the kind of report that we might design for you. And then we also ask, them, you know, what are the most important things for you? If you could wave a magic wand, what would you want to see is different a year from now? And those kinds of things tell us what's most important for that specific client and their results. And so putting all that together means that we have something that the client can use. We use Looker Studio for reporting. There's lots of great reporting tools out there. So you don't have to use Looker Studio for great reports. But one of the things that I do really like about Looker Studio is that because the date range is customizable, the client can look at whatever they want whenever they want. Some of our clients do want email reminders because otherwise they would forget to check. Other clients check it all the time and don't need any reminders from us. And so this is just something you learn with each client, you know, how they operate. Um, And we do, in Looker Studio, you can attach each dashboard to a GA4 account. So then you can actually look at your analytics on your reporting analytics and see how often particular pages are opened or how many people are looking at it. And that also tells you a lot about how much clients are using reports as well or not using reports as the case may be.
1: Hey, agency owners. Are you looking for a strategic and reliable white-label partner to scale your agency business? E2M is the number one white label partner for digital agencies when it comes to website design, web development, e-commerce, SEO, and content writing. E2M is trusted by over 150 agency partners and has been providing white label services for the last 10 years. Their team has over 170 experts and is on a mission to help 500 agencies increase their revenue and profit margins with impactful white-label services. Check out their transparent and flexible white-label pricing at e2msolutions.com forward slash uGurus. That's www.e2msolutions.com forward slash e 2 E2M is currently running a special discount for 10% off for your first three months. Check it out now. It's available for a limited time. So then, if your client comes in and says, "Hey, we're pausing. We haven't gotten results," and then you look at the analytics, and you're like, "Yo, oh, dude, you've never, never looked in. at it." Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, which maybe they just don't, they forgot, right? Or they they didn't mm-hmm. remember, or uh, maybe yeah. they they lost the link. And I mean, so.
0: ultimately, too, like pausing a campaign, I think, is the better outcome than them saying we're not going to work with you anymore. You know, and and. Frankly, sometimes it's been really interesting when... Because you know this has happened. A client has like their credit card got stolen. And so their Google Ads campaigns got shut off, right? And maybe it took a bit for them to get the card again. And then it's a whole week their campaign is off. But that week also tells you a lot about how many people come to their site via paid. It's a great example of how you can see how things are going. And I actually really enjoy it when those sorts of things happen, those sort of disruptive activities, because they tell us truly the impact because analytics is not perfect. It will never be perfect. What you see in Google Ads versus GA4 for attribution versus what the client sees in their CRM, it's never going to match, right? Because there's ad blockers, there's privacy, people don't want us to track them. You know, we run ads, but then I totally use an ad blocker all the time, which I probably shouldn't, but that's fine. (laughs) My choice, stop tracking me. But
1: I want (laughs) other people to let me track them. Yeah, like I'd (laughs) love for everybody else to turn the ad blockers off. It would help me with my clients, but I am definitely Mm going to keep them on, right? (laughs) (laughs)
0: whenever I click on something in an ad and I know I'm going to convert, I make sure to do it in that same session so their attribution is nice and clean. I hope they appreciate that. Um, (laughs) But I think I think part of it too is is those kinds of events can also tell you, you know, what is actually the impact. So if the client decides to pause things, but they're still working with you Mm. on other stuff, that's a great opportunity to take a look and see like maybe the campaigns were bad. Maybe they were just spending money that they didn't need to spend. Um, And I think, you know, having those really honest conversations as well is is... Difficult, but important. And I know that sometimes there's a lot of pressure on people and agencies to always, you know, increase budget, get the client, get more money of the client. But sometimes the answer isn't get more money of the client. If your client is so busy that they don't have time to talk to you about reporting, like maybe you should dial it back a little bit on their Google ads campaigns or what we've done with some of our clients to say to them, Hey, can we run a Facebook campaign for you to get more employees? If you're struggling with hiring, for example, like, like think about how you can take that opportunity where you're doing such a good job for them that they can't even talk to you about reporting. And so you don't necessarily have a great relationship with them right now and work on something else that can help them free up some of their time.
1: Yeah. Love it. Dana, this is I I feel like we uh, we're going to have you you back and and talk further about analytics and reporting results. I feel like this is a conversation that we're we're just like scratching the surface and I'm excited mm-hmm. for our folks to to follow up and and dig more into your content. Do you have a couple seconds to stick, stick around for our lightning round? You bet. What is the best advice you've ever received?
0: You should see if whether or not you have ADHD. <laughs> uh, so, some of your as listeners might appreciate that it's uh, something I got diagnosed with really late in life, and once I it was life changing. Once I had medication for it, so if you're not sure,
1: talk to a doctor. Which of your personal habits has contributed most to your success?
0: Uh, how I like to write everything down at all times. It's the only way I remember anything. But it means that I have books going back years of conversations and whatnot, and then I can go back and refer to stuff and be like, I had an idea in 2017 about this. What was it? And I can go back and find the book.
1: Can you share an internet resource, a tool or app that you use that you think our listeners would find valuable?
0: I really like askamanager.net. It's a fantastic resource written by an HR professional. Some of the stories are horrifying and you can be like, oh, so glad I'm not that kind of boss. But it's also if you're managing or you want to start managing, it's a great resource to learn how to not be that boss. Very funny.
1: And what book would you recommend?
0: Oh, that is a tough one. Okay. I will have to pause for this while I think about it. Hang on. I'm going to look at my bookshelf wall. Oh, uh, I would say like, this is a book that I read years and years ago. There's two, Getting Things Done is what helped me get things done before I realized that actually I needed medication to get things done. So if you are struggling, it is a older book from David Allen, but definitely getting things done is great. And another book that I read early on in my career in marketing is Selling the Invisible, which is a real classic about selling a product that is not actually a physical product. And it is a feeling. <laughs> and so how do you sell that to clients? And I've never considered myself to be a salesperson. I don't do the song and dance and the, you know, trying to hobnob with people and whatnot. It's just like, this is what we're selling, take it or leave it, which it's a sales strategy. I don't know if it's the best one. But selling the invisible also really helped me understand a lot of the things about stuff like reporting, the ways you can make clients feel that they can trust you. Um, and that's a really good book if you feel like you're struggling with that as well.
1: And how can our audience find out more about you? Is there anything that you have that they can check out?
0: Yeah, definitely. So... um Our website, Kickpoint Playbook, which is kpplaybook.com, our first course is called Analytics for Agencies. It is coming out on August 22nd, and we have a discount code for your visitors, which I can share with you once we're done recording here. And what I really like about this course is Analytics for Agencies is what we do at our agency ourselves. It's proven over years of working with hundreds of different clients. I've been doing this since I've been doing this for 23 years now, so' <laughs> I've seen it all and a lot of this is this is our templates this is our resources This is our default GTM container. These are our looker Studio templates. These are our questionnaires we ask clients and it takes you through everything we do top to bottom because I really feel like agencies need to learn how to do this so that because you know we can't fix up everybody's analytics so I can teach you how to fix it up instead.
1: Very cool. We will link out to Kpplaybook.com as well as the other links referenced on today's show at yougurus.com slash podcast. If you're listening to this week of, you'll see Dana's photo at the top. You can click on her photo and we'll have links to askamanager.net, getting things done, uh, selling the invisible Looker Studio, as well as Dana's uh, website. And we'll also include a the details on how to get that discount code Um, from our show notes page. So check it out, yougurus.com slash podcast. Dana, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for stopping by the program today.
0: Of course, anytime.
1: And that is it for this week's episode of the Digital Agency Show. Stay tuned each and every week for more great content coming to you to help you grow your digital agency so you can achieve freedom in business and life. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver